0: study we're we're going over it's gonna be on John 3 when um, Jesus talks to Nicodemus about being born again and then John 3 16 very well known passage but I mean, we're still working on it this week and I figured you know we have <coughs> Baptism Sunday coming up in a couple of weeks have um, three or four people being baptized I don't know if there's anyone else um, there's a need to get baptized as well. And so just thought just to give a teaching on it so a reminder. But on the subject of baptism, um, as simple as it is, okay, so ordinance of a church, is one of the most controversial subjects in many churches. Um, many types of churches practice many different types of baptism. Some sprinkle, some pour, some immerse. Um, some do it to infants, others to adults. Um, some of them baptize people on behalf of the dead. And others tell us it's not an important thing to do and say that baptism is not for our generation. And so they practice no baptism at all, the Quakers being one group that believes that. And um, you will at history, history over the last 2,000 years, That has been one of the most divisive issues. Our Baptist forefathers um, paid dearly for their stand on the Bible's truth of baptism. Millions were put to death in cruel fashions just because they refused to have their children sprinkled. And so that meant death. Now we're not facing that today, okay? At least not right now. Okay? If if you don't baptize or sprinkle your children um, in the church, you know it usually there's not going to be any harm, at least in our country and many other countries as well. But it used to be to refuse to baptize your children when either death or your children would be taken away from you. And so many people dare to cling to the teaching of God's Word and... Um, we may not face that same type of persecution today, but we should still stand with the Bible. Amen. Amen. Does it help if I turn this back on? But according to Ephesians 4:5, how many baptisms are there? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now there's debate over this. Um, what what is this? It's not about water baptism, spirit baptism. You know, several there's only one kind of baptism. What well, we do see, in Scripture, Scripture, hey, baptism means in words. We see Jesus talks about baptism of fire. He talks um, about baptism of um, water. We see the Bible talks about spirit baptism. Um, but whatever one this one is talking about, and it does look like this, may be talking about spiritual baptism in this passage, but nevertheless... There's only one spirit, kind of spirit baptism, okay? The spirit of God putting us in Christ, um, immersing us. But there's only one kind of water baptism as well, um, scripturally. Um, the definition of baptism, um, the, um, the root word is baptizo, when you look up the strongs and you look up the others. And it simply means to immerse, to submerge, to make well, fully, fully, what? Now the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11-2 said, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. So the ordinances are important. Baptism, the Lord's table, that he said to keep them as he delivered them. It is he that taught them. Um, John Calvin said this about baptism: Whether the person baptized is to be wholly immersed, and that whether once or thrice, because there were some groups that they would actually baptize three times, um, as far as the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, so some some of them do it that, or whether he is only to be sprinkled with water, his view was it's not of the least consequence. Churches should be at liberty to adopt either according to the diversity of climates. Although, as he gives this admission, although it is evident that the term baptized means to immerse, and that this was the form used by the primitive church. So there's reformer, early 1500s, that said, biblically, scripturally, baptism was by immersion. But in his view, was, it doesn't really matter how you do it, though. It doesn't matter once, three times, sprinkled, poured, whatever. He said it didn't really matter. I don't believe that's the view the Bible teaches. I believe the Bible us. Paul said, Keep the ordinances ordinance, as I delivered it unto you. Baptist, this is Martin Luther, another reformer. Said baptism is a Greek word, and in Latin it may be rendered "mercio," um, immersion. And though among the greater part of us this practice has fallen into disuse, nevertheless they that are baptized ought to be entirely immersed. So Martin Luther, at this time, okay, he was one that put his 95 theses on. Um, the Catholic Church door on um, why justifications by faith alone. And so here he acknowledges that, you know what, baptism by immersion, that's how the, they did it in the Bible, but it came to a disuse. In his day, 1500s, Catholic Church, only they, they, they baptized um, infants at that time. And so he said, no longer do we really baptize by immersion but that's how he did it biblically, and that's how it should be done. However, he abandoned those thoughts later on when he was beginning to be aligned with another group called the Anabaptists. He he started saying, oh, so you're one of those Anabaptists. And the Anabaptists were so hated by the Catholic Church, hated by the um, religious superiors, no one wanted to be aligned with what they called them the radicals. They were cons- radicals called Anabaptists. As they, they looked at them as they were re baptizing. they means re. And so they looked at them as they're re baptizing people when they were already baptized as a baby. And the Catholic Church and even the Church of England would often say things jokingly but seriously that, oh, they want anti-baptism, they want re-baptism, we'll give them a third baptism, and they would drown them. And so we're, we're always really saying, well, you gave, even these reformers, the authority to change what baptism is. It's not for us to change. It's not for us to redefine what the Bible teaches. Okay, we see with with. with John the Baptist baptized okay? We see a model that they were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, okay? doesn't say they were, they were sprinkled. doesn't say they were poor. It says they were in the river of Jordan. Now, it's kind of funny. You'll see some Roman Catholic pictures with Jesus in the river, and then they just pour water on his head. Oh, well, why do they even have a picture of getting all the way in the water and then pouring on it? Okay? Now, nowadays, don't go over. They just pour um, or sprinkle in the church. But we see again, John 3, 23. And John also was baptized in, in Aen, near to Salem, because there was much water there. Well, if you're just going to do a little sprinkle, you wouldn't need much water. But he went there, yes, there was much water. We see in Acts. In Acts 8, 36. um, 38. And they they came into a certain water and the eunuch said see here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And then there's another scripture we'll get to that in a little bit. And it says and they went down into the water both Philip and the eunuch and he baptized them. So they both went down into the water okay now pray for first uh, baptism that we're having in two weeks pray for good weather okay if we're planning on going um to a river um if it ends up being real bad weather um, then we need to get our portable baptistry kind of cleaned up and it needs some wheels on it so maybe if anyone say to to do that um, maybe get some wheels on there just in case so we're ready and then we'll have it in the fellowship hall then I mean, I think it's wonderful doing it at the river when possible. Then it's able to say it will be more of a public witness. Um, however, if it's pouring down rain, there probably wouldn't be other people witnessing either. Okay? Well, you see in Matthew 3.16, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Okay? So he was coming out of the water when he was baptized. Okay, in modes of baptism. Okay, sprinkling. Okay, some people will try to say, okay, baptism can be translated in different ways: pouring, sprinkling, or immersed. But that is not proper language, lingu, linguistics, or however you say it. It, it. That's not. There's another word for sprinkling um, in the Bible. The Greek word is reptisio. And it means to sprinkle, to render, be sprinkled. It spurs either ceremonially or figuratively a sprinkle. That's not the word that's used when Jesus is baptized. When the apostles are baptizing people, that's not the word that is being used. Um, Hebrews 9, 13 is one of the passages where it talks about um, the sprink- sprinkling, not baptism, but how about sprinkling. We see Paul also has the different group um, word. Uh, from Sheo, to pour, to pour upon, to pour in. And so you see an example of pouring um, in Luke 10:34. 34. Not for baptism, but for other things we talk about being poured. And so you know the question isn't really properly having been baptized by pouring or sprinkling. Is that when it makes sense? The question really would be have you been baptized or have you been immersed? Is that is what baptism is? We don't have the authority to redefine what baptism is. Just like you don't have the authority to redefine what marriage is. You know what? God's already defined it for us. And so we're supposed to stick with the Word of God what like God has taught. And so when you say, have you been baptized by pouring, yeah, we know what you're meaning when you're asking someone that. But technically, it doesn't make sense. why like saying, have you been immersed um, by pouring? And I guess that could happen in a hurricane, okay? You could have it pour down, and you could end up being immersed. So I guess there is a way it's possible. But typically, that's not what you see in the church when there's pouring or sprinkling. pictures, pouring, sprinkling. Pope Stephen II declared that the practice of pouring for baptism was valid in the case of sick candidates in the year 754 AD. So at first they were just trying to make it a convenience factor, which still isn't spiritual, but that's how it started, um, trying to make it pouring in. The Roman Catholic Church Council Ravenna, 1311 a.d. came the first official sanction of sprinkling um, prior to these times immersion was the usual mode of practice in some Roman Catholic circles immersion was still practiced even in the 1700s and you know they found you know people often make the argument okay during the middle of the desert um, where are they gonna get water to get baptized and by immersion and it's like they ignored ideas. Even in the desert, they did have rivers. They, didn't. they did still have places um, where, where there was water. But they've also found, um, discovered in ancient churches that are torn down, that they had spots that they believe were pretty certain that they serve as baptistry poles. And that it was big enough to be immersed. And so, infant baptism, the baptism of babies, this is something that is really a heresy. You know what? Some people may say, oh, that's just a preference. And yes, some reform groups and can make some good arguments about it, about why they feel infant baptism is so parallel with circumcision, that um, circumcision was done with infants, um, that is a covenant blessing. And so, they'll have good arguments but they really don't have a scriptural backing of it. And it's really, they just carried it on. Remember, the Reformers came out of the Catholic Church for good reasons, very good reasons. They saw the corruption, their eyes were open. Why? Because the Word of God was now abounding. They had it in their language. So they saw a lot of corruption, but again, they didn't want to be aligned with these groups. That they considered hate groups because they wouldn't baptize their babies. So they're like, oh, they hate their children. Their children are going to go to hell because their parents aren't baptizing them. And so they didn't want to be aligned with them until they saw that baptism was by immersion. So they carried over the Catholic tradition of still baptizing babies. And now most Reformed groups today, they don't believe it's essential to salvation. There are some that would, but usually they don't teach as part of salvation. But many of them did, especially back then. But the thing is, it's not found in the Word of God. Not once do we see an infant, a baby, being baptized. Now they'll try and point to verses where it says, And the whole household was baptized. Well, there could be children in there. Gather yeah, are of age, where they profess faith in Christ, they're no longer an infant. The Bible didn't say, oh, here's an infant that's being baptized. Okay? It's not found in the Word of God. It's actually contrary to the Word of God as well. So it's not just silent in the Scripture. It's contrary um, to, the, to what the Bible teaches. And the thing is, too, when you look at circumcision, the new covenant of circumcision, the spiritual application, we um, see circumcision, actual circumcision, was only to be done on boys, okay, not on girls, like the Muslim church, Muslims, they, they would do. But baptism is for men and women, okay, so it is not done to only one gender or the other. But um, parents, Falsely believe their children's baptism is reception of a covenantal um, promise. That they baptize their children, that they're going to be under this protection of a covenantal promise. But it's also contrary to justification by faith. You know, that child won, that child didn't make a decision yet to put their faith in Christ. It was just their parents who, but remember again, we're born again not by the will of man. Not by blood, okay? not by genealogy. So we cannot bring sanctification on our children because we, we don't have that power. We cannot put that blessing upon them. Uh, attempts to replace the work in the Holy Spirit in regeneration, as well, is what happens. Is some groups that teach that baptism saves the soul, um, that it saves, the, it quickens the spirit. And so basically they're saying the baptism, the water, makes one born again. And they'll use the verse where uh, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, uh, that he that is uh, said he be born again, he shall not enter the kingdom of God. So they're like, hey, you know what? They need us to be we see Jesus and it says, they that was born of water, and they which are born of the spirit. So they look at that born of water as baptism. So that one needs to be baptized by water in order to be saved however Jesus explains himself he says that which is born of flesh is flesh come about the natural birth there's the natural birth and then there's a the spiritual birth that we are quickened by the Spirit of God that we are made, born again by his spirit and so infant baptism can give and if the church doesn't teach that infant baptism saves, it can't give the idea of a false hope of salvation. They, you know, I, when I've gone out witnessing to people, t- um, telling people about Jesus, inviting people to church, and asking them if they're a Christian. And, and they say, oh yeah, I was um, b- baptized when I was a baby. Baptism as a baby does not make one a Christian. This is what Charles Spurgeon said um, about just in the 1800s. And so this is where you see how serious it really was back in the day. He goes, the sprinkling of an infant makes no change in that child whatever. It is, as I believe, a vain ceremony, not commanded of God, nor warranted in Scripture. And as the Church of England practices it, it is altogether pernicious and superstitious. And if there be any effect following it, it must be an evil effect upon those who wickedly lie unto the Almighty God, by promising and vowing that the unconscious shall keep God's commandments and walk in the same all the days of his life, which they cannot do for the child, inasmuch as they cannot even do for themselves. Ye must have another regeneration than this, the work not of fingers, fingers with their hocus-pocus and superstitious genuflections, but the work of the eternal Spirit, who alone can regenerate the soul, whose office alone it is they can give light to the spiritually blinded eye and sensation to the spiritually dead heart. Be not misled by the priests of this age. Ye profess to have cast off Rome, cast off her Anglican children, Wear not the rags of her superstition, nor bear her mark in your foreheads. Ye must be born again in another sense than formality can work in you. It must be an inward work, a spiritual work, and only this can save your souls. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. That is, he has experienced a radical change. And so anyway, recognize how evil infant baptism is. We kind of often think, oh, it's just innocent, ceremony, um, maybe kind of as sort of doing a baby dedication or something like that. But we see scripturally and historically, it was something that was opposed. And if um, baptism saved children, then why don't we ever see Jesus gathering all the children for the sake of baptism? You don't see it version debating someone said quote me a verse quote me a bible verse that teaches infant baptism and I'll quote you one against it and then a the man goes Mark 10 14 suffer the little children who come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of God is said, okay? Fair enough? Job 1 1 there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. It's the scripture he gave him. <laughs> and the man what what in the world does that have to do with infant baptism? He, he says the same amount of yours does. The same amount of, how how does your verse talk about infant baptism? Jesus saw the children coming to him. He wasn't talking about infant baptism. So, how does the verse you gave many you in the baptism? Okay, we see who should be baptized. Those who have repented. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. We see those who have received the gospel message. Then they did gladly receive his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Okay, so it wasn't a baby getting baptized. It was someone that's received the word. They've heard the word of God. They got it got in their life. They were saved. They were baptized. And then they were added into the church. We see it's those who believe on Christ. And here's um, this passage that we just had part of before, we're gonna have the whole part in here now. And as they went, as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, "See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized?" Okay, what do I need to do in order to be baptized? See it? They're seeing can you see 3,000 saved one day and they're unbaptized? Well, you see 5,000 men plus women and children. You know, people are going to be noticing things. What are all these baptisms? What are all these things? And so this man traveling from Africa and he's like, what, what do I need to do to get baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart Thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now what did the Roman Catholic Church do with this verse and the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanists? They took it out. They just removed it. And so modern Bible translations that are based on those two manuscripts, it's deleted from their Bibles as well. Because this verse is so clearly teaches against the idea of infant baptism. He gives the requirement for baptism. And he says, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And what he answered? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so this whole portion that I put in italics is completely missing from a lot of the new Bibles. And then we see it goes on. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the unit, eunuch, and he baptized them. Okay, so he met the requirement. He placed his faith in Christ. We see another um, in Acts 18.8. In Christmas, the chief of of the synagogue believe on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians here and believe and were baptized. Okay, now again, what about, about the verse that, you know it's completely missing from the Catholic manuscripts of Adam, Candace and Sinaiticus. People today, textual critics today, will say, "Well, yeah, it's in the majority of manuscripts, maybe, or it's in a lot of them, but it's not in the best manuscripts." Is what they will say. And the Vatican is based, uh, uh, is based is based in the fourth century, so in the um, 300s. But look, just look at historically, we'll see if other other people. Bible believers. Some of them weren't Bible believers. Some of them were heretics, but they still quoted scripture, and so we have their witness. But we see Augustine in his sermon 354-430 A.D. So this about the same time as the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus came out. He said, "Wrote this. Philip being admonished, went up to his chariot explained the scripture, unfolded the faith, preached Christ. Did the eunuch believe on Christ." And said, when they came unto a certain water, Sea water, who don't hinder me to be baptized? Philip said to no, him, Dost thou believe on Jesus Christ? He answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Immediately he went down with him into the water. So Augustine, he believed it to be scripture. Okay, we see Cyprian, even earlier than the Vaticanus and the sign was released. Cyprian. Um, in his criticism, he said, "In the Acts of the Apostles, lo, here it is water. What is there which hinders me from being baptized?" Then he said Philip, "If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest." And so, are we really supposed to believe that in 1881, when the revised version all of a sudden came out, that all of a sudden Acts 8:37 was not inspired scripture. Have we really been deceived for almost 1900 years about this passage and stuff? So I don't believe so. You know, God said He would preserve His word, and I don't believe we've been deceived for almost 1900 and now 2,000 years. And what was it supposed to be in the Bible? Even earlier, Iranians Against Heresies, Book 3, he lived from 130 AD to 202 AD. Okay? Said so Philip, declared that this was Jesus, and that the Scripture was fulfilled in him, as did also the believing unit himself. And immediately requesting to be baptized, he said, "I believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God." This man was also sent into the regions of Ethiopia to preach what he had himself believed that there was one God preached by the prophets, but that the Son of this God had already made His appearance in human nature, and had been led as a sheep to the slaughter, and all the other statements which the prophets made regarding Him. Okay, so here we have early witness to the authenticity of Acts 8, 37, that believers were to be baptized. And they we see again, those who were saved in Acts 16, 30, and brought them out, and said, Sirs, so what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Okay, so he told them, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and what will happen? Thou shalt be saved. Okay? And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straight ones. So, you see, the baptism didn't save. It was believing on the Lord Jesus Christ saved, and then gave went and got baptized. Now, baptism is important. Generally, you know, in Scripture, you see someone gets saved, they're baptized pretty soon thereafter. And now, usually, you know, in practice, um, don't necessarily see it in Scripture, uh, but usually, children just want to be careful. Just uh, with young children, okay, four years old, can a four year old get saved? Absolutely, possibly. But oftentimes, what can happen if you know what, you're just saying a prayer, um, just because you're singing other people do, and it's not even the prayer that saves, it's the belief, it's the faith of believing on Jesus Christ. Um, And so, we want to usually make sure your child knows they're saved for sure before they're baptized. So, a few of my children, um, they're going to get baptized that weekend. So we just want to make sure. We don't want them to get baptized too early and then they think that they're saved because they were baptized when they were five years old um, or such. So. Okay? Where we see also, again, just some more clarity. okay, In Acts 10.47, Can any man forbid water that he should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and prayed they him to tarry certain days. Okay, so here we see, okay, why weren't we baptized them? Here, these um, people, oh, Samaritans or Gentiles, Samaritans, okay, in the of um, all of a sudden, they Peter at first, he doesn't see how it's possible, he believes salvations only of the Jews, and uh, Gentiles were named, say, but he... God eventually gives him a vision, and he sees. okay, you know what? The church consists of Jew and Gentile. That really, there's no male, no female, no Jew, no Gentile in the church. We are simply one body of Christ. But here we see that one must already have the Holy Ghost. There's already salvation. Some teach that really the second blessing doesn't come until they're baptized. But no, scripturally we see, no, they already have the Spirit of God. They've already received the Holy Ghost. So then they say, hey, you know what? It's time for them to get baptized. Hey, this is a picture of my son Solomon. Solomon, is that you? Uh, That's the way he used to look like. That's cute, right? Is that your sister? Uh, Okay. Alright, this is a picture of my son Solomon. Is that right? Okay, so the proper picture of baptism, you know, the proper picture is important. Some I'm say, you know what, the mode doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it pictures. Is. But it does matter because it symbolizes, it represents something. And so, for the gorilla, okay, that wasn't a picture of him. Now, maybe someone did think that gorilla is Solomon, so maybe it really was. <laughs> okay, but it wasn't my son, Solomon. Okay? okay? The picture matters. Okay? We see let's see what picture baptism shows, it says Romans, Romans 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Okay, now this would be a spiritual baptism. This is not water baptism here, but this is the spiritual baptism, um, and in the water baptism pictures the spiritual baptism okay we're baptized into jesus christ we are when we're saved we are immersed in jesus christ we have all of jesus christ forever and again when we are when we are saved okay now one day we'll see him with our eyes okay but we say therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, and then so we shall walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Okay, The water baptism pictures the spiritual baptism in that okay, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Okay, It pictures the death burial, and the resurrection of Christ. That will also be in the likeness of His resurrection. It also, you could say, it symbolizes the death of the old man, and symbolizes we're raised a new creature in Christ. Now, the water baptism doesn't make us a new creature in Christ, but it pictures, it illustrates what has happened spiritually inward. Um, Does the proper picture or symbol matter? Oh, it mattered to my son. He didn't want to be like into to that gorilla. Um, when I used that illustration in the past, he cried. Um, now he's a little bit older, so he made his feelings all hurt. But he was mad. He was like, that is not me. <laughs> well, let's see some, some pictures. That's Exodus 17. And the Lord said unto you, Moses, go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee upon the rock in horror, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Okay, now in Numbers. Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. This time he doesn't say smite the rock. He says, speak to the rock. Okay? Speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth its water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give to the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels! Must we fetch you water out of the rock, this rock? When Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the crown of grazing drank, and, and their bees also. Now, did God's instruction really matter? Is the picture or symbol really that important? Water still came out after all. The water came out, so did the picture not matter? You know, what? that is God's grace. That is God's mercy in taking care of his people even when they disobey. Okay? However, let's see if it mattered to God. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because he believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Okay? God was upset. Yes, Moses was frustrated. He was frustrated that Israel was rebelling. And you know what usually happens when we as parents or grandparents, we're frustrated? Usually we don't make the right forms of correction. You know, we usually make some mistakes. Maybe we're yelling at the wrong child. Or, uh, we make mistakes when we're in frustration. So, just when you're frustrated, calm down first, okay? Settle down, okay? Don't destroy the picture. <laughs> Don't destroy the picture of discipline. Discipline's for the unruly, okay? Not for the one that's being <laughs> good, but just having to be with them, okay? Okay, we see. let see that the what the picture where what was picturing. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. See, imagine, that rock was Christ. And you know what? That rock was to be smitten the first time. Okay? Jesus was to die for us once and for all. Not two times, not three times. He was to die once. And then we're to speak. You know, we're able to speak to the Father Pray in Jesus' name. We see Jesus in John 7. It says, Last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. They come to work after Jesus was smitten once. You know what? They believe on Jesus. And what did God say to Moses? Ye believe not. You didn't believe that speaking to it was going to have it come forth. But you smoked it. Because that's the miracle you saw before and you did it in frustration. Okay? Moses did not get to bring the people to the land of Israel. Because he destroyed the picture. That's why we take the ordinances seriously. That we want to baptize right. We want to partake of the Lord's table. Right. The picture matters. Moses broke the symbol of God. Christ was met in once, for us, not twice. Speaking to the rock, the picture of the asses believers have in Christ. Okay, the Bible says, Who need of not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once, and he offered up himself. So Christ was once suffered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, shall he appeared a second time without sin a new salvation. Okay, a second time, it did not need to be smitten. And so the picture, symbolism, does matter. We see buried with him um, in baptism. Um, we are buried with him by baptism and new death. Climbing together in the likeness of his death. Risen with him. Like as Christ was raised up from the dead. I and mean, so we also should walk in newness alive. In the likeness of his resurrection. And so immersion. You have a going down. A picture of death. And a picture of resurrection. Um, if one was baptized. Again that's not even the proper term. But by pouring or sprinkling. Even after they were saved. God's symbols still matter. We ought to obey God. Rather than the tradition of churches. Charles Virgin also said this about um, the teaching that baptism saves. He said, for of all lies which have dragged millions down to hell, I looked upon this as being one of the most atrocious, that in a Protestant church there should be found those who swear that baptism saves the soul. Call a man a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a dissenter, ...or a churchman, that is nothing to me. If he says that baptism saves the soul, out upon him, out upon him, he stays what God never taught, what the Bible never laid down. And so we see, Bible believers, they opposed it. They recognized that baptismal regeneration was heresy. Baptism did not bring remission of sins. It is God who forgives sins to those who repent, have faith in Christ. Man has always and always been saved by grace through faith, never by works. We see, again, in Acts, any man forbid water that he should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well. If man was saved differently in different dispensations, then there would be no need for Jesus to die for us. We could have always been saved the same way. But the New Testament often quotes the Old Testament as proof of salvation being by grace through faith, that no flesh shall be at one glory in the presence of the merits in what she has done. The thief on the cross, okay? Not in the church age yet, okay? But the thief on the cross, whom Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise, was never baptized. So baptism did not save him back then, okay? He was encouraged. Now he didn't go to heaven yet, okay? Paradise isn't heaven because no man have ascended yet until Jesus went to the heart of the earth, released those that were in Abraham's bosom, also called paradise. After his death, burial, resurrection, then we see the other saints resurrect with him. In Acts, we see people having the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. Christ forgave sin without people being baptized. Son, be a good short chair. Thy sins be forgiven thee. The Apostle Paul made a distinction between the gospel and baptism. He said, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any of you. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So Paul saw a distinction between the gospel and baptism. Now some will quote this and say, okay, we don't need to baptize today. Paul wasn't sent to baptize. No, it's the church. The church was told to teach all nations baptized. He's just saying himself personally, Okay, this is where, okay, and people do it today, preacher worship, or they see a preacher, they really look up to us, they're heroes, and it's one thing, okay, you know, for a preacher, maybe be a child's hero, where like, man, I want to be a preacher like that one day, or, um, those are better heroes than any celebrities that are out there, okay, but we can't lift man too high on the pedestal, where it becomes man worship, and even in Paul's day, it happens. People would obey Paul. You know, people have been said, okay, is this Mercury and Jupiter? Okay, are these, these are gods. They come down. Okay, some of the miracles say he did. But he was thankful that he only baptized a few. lest people would say, oh, David, I was baptized in the name of Paul. We see that Paul t- tells you, you're carnal. You're saying, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. And you know, we're of the same Body. It's God that builds. It's God that gives the increase. We water, we plant, we are laborers with God. But this would make no sense if baptism was part of the gospel. If baptism saved the soul. It would make no sense if he said, I'm sent to preach the gospel but not baptize what you need to do to get saved. It wouldn't make any sense. Okay. So these shows are separation. Some will quote when Jesus said that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You know, when we read on, it says he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay, yes. if someone believes and if they're baptized, okay, they're saved. It's not the baptism that saved them. But they were also baptized. It's like me saying, if you believe on Christ and you go to a church, uh, man, you're a child of God. Now, going to church didn't make you a child of God. It's the belief that did. But you also go to church. And so Jesus said, they that believe not shall be damned. And that, as we see in Scripture, generally, people got saved, they got baptized pretty shortly thereafter. Baptism is a symbol of salvation, not a seal of salvation. Baptism is an ordinance, not a sacrament. It's not a saving merit. It's not a means of receiving saving grace. Baptism is an act of a newborn Christian, not a means of making someone a Christian. Some unscriptural denominations, okay? You see the Roman Catholic Church believes it has saving merit. Um, they believe in pouring, and sprinkling, and they baptize infants, Lutheran. Um, most believe it has that element of saving merit. Not all do. Um, they use any mode, infants, Methodists. Yes, um, and again, there's asterisk because not all of them believe it's a saving merit. Presbyterians generally do not believe that baptism saves, but they do say any mode is acceptable and that, yes, they baptize infants. Other reform groups usually know it doesn't save the soul, it's the symbol, but they accept any method, and they usually corner spring going, and yes, they baptize infants um, in anglican united pentecostal okay united pentecostal they believe it brings salvation but they baptize by immersion they baptize by immersion they don't baptize infants but they teach another gospel that it gives saving merit the church of christ the same thing they believe it gives saving merit quakers no no baptisms those are unscriptural views. The authority to baptize. John the Baptist, we see he had the authority. You know what, when when people were asking of Jesus, what authority do you do these things? And he goes, I will ask, also ask you one question and answer me. And I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of man? Answer me. And look at man. Jesus always answered a question when he was asked a question. often he did. He said, if we shall say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? What did John preach? Jesus. Jesus, the Lamb of God, made one But we shall say of men, they fared the people. For all men counted John, that he was a prophet indeed. And he answered and said unto Jesus, we cannot tell. And Jesus answered and said unto him, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things of no seven Is from heaven, is from the Father. But we see Jesus Christ had the authority to baptize. Um, Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Okay, so he gave that authority to his disciples. We see he gave it to the church. Jesus spake unto him, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all, even unto the end of the world. You know, the Great Commission was given just to individual Christians per se, and we would not be able to truly obey them. Because not, no individual can teach all nations. I cannot teach every single nation. I only know English. Okay? I may know the word amigos. That's about it. Okay? I don't know um, any other language. Okay? I cannot go into every country, kindred, tribe. It would not be financially possible. Um, it would not be physically possible. None of us know every language of the world. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But it's a church, local churches around the world, where to be teaching the gospel to the whole world. And so the church has the authority to baptize. And not just anything that calls itself a church, but his church, an authentic New Testament church. Called such as Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, some of the Adventists, and some others, the United Pentecostals, they baptize by immersion. But their founder is not Christ, and they teach heretical doctrines. Their baptism would not be a scriptural baptism if it was not administered by a scriptural church. And so that's why sometimes when people come, they want to join the church, they need to be rebaptized. baptized Always for sure if they're baptized as an infant or by or sprinkling. But many times even if they were baptized by immersion in another church that if it wasn't a scriptural church then they cannot be receiving membership with an unscriptural baptist and then some that's okay so does it have to be a baptist church and then okay, you look at history okay they were not always called baptists okay the church that um um in Ephesus, they weren't titled the Baptist Church, but were they a scriptural church? Yes, it was a scriptural New Testament church. And now can there be a church that scripturally, um, they may have some doctrines a little bit off? Sure. You know, here we think that we're the only ones that have every doctrine and everything right. We're fallible sinners and we make a fallible church. You see the church at Corinth. They have given some doctrinal issues. But their baptism would still be accepted. Okay? But when it comes to the gospel message, when the gospel is distorted, when it is another way of salvation, like the United Pentecostal church, they teach that you must be baptized in Jesus' name, not in the name, of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I'll quote a few scriptures that, Where the Bible talks about they're in the name of the Lord, and so what I'm trying to do that, but then they'll say unless you're baptized in Jesus' name by immersion in their church, then they say you're not safe. And so say if someone wants to transfer their members to so say they want to come here, join this church, they would need, the, one, they need to be one thing that makes sure report they're safe, okay? Perhaps they were saved themselves. They didn't accept their church's teaching on it, but maybe they were, general, they were saved. But they would need to get scripturally baptized here. Because they were baptized in a church that did not have the scriptural authority to baptize. And now, usually, sometimes that kind of hurts people's feelings. Who are you who say my baptism is not valid? It's usually what they'll say. And sometimes they'll try to bring someone else in the church, stand on their side, and they'll try to say, "Oh yeah, you're being discriminatory." No, we're trying to follow the Bible, it's not because their church didn't have Baptists in the time. It's because they were a church that preaches a different gospel. They teach heresy. Okay, the four questions you can ask yourself in figuring out what is truly a proper church, and I'm not talking about the individual local church, but is a whole when they were started. Where was it initially established? Okay, you see the Roman Catholic Church. Um, okay, you know it kind of started by um, basically Constantine in the 300s. Um, when was it established? Okay. Um, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, who who its founder trace to be, okay? Charles Russell. Okay? The Mormon Church, Joseph Smith. Okay? What is its doctrine? Okay, what what is its teachings? What's its doctrine on the gospel? Its doctrine on the word of God? And if it says Joseph Smith, okay, that's not a scriptural church. Even if a church has some genuine believers in it, a Lutheran church, okay, started in the fifteen hundreds. It was not the church Jesus started. You know, we don't look to any particular man in history that started the church except for Jesus Christ. Jesus is the founder of the church. Not Charles Russell, not Joseph Smith, um, not the, those that started the Pentecostal groups or the Assembly of God in churches. But we see in the Bible. "Then they did gladly received His word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread, And in prayers. Christ commanded baptism. Christ was our example. Christians in the Bible were baptized. And so if you haven't been scripturally baptized yet, you know, you maybe you're already a member of the church, and I used to say no you were scripturally baptized. If you haven't been scripturally baptized yet, you know, let me know. You know, it's a wonderful thing to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. um, To follow Christ, to follow his example. Um, We'll go ahead and um, close right there. Um, Time to say if you have any questions, feel free to ask in the foyer. Just a couple announcements. We have